Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. Okay, here we go. 2 Peter chapter 3. Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder. And he mentioned that in an earlier chapter, saying, I'm not going to be negligent to continue to remind you. And he said, and in fact, I know I'm going to be dying shortly, and I'm going to set up other people. I'm going to make sure that they continue to remind you after my decease. Very interesting, but he's saying, I care about you so much. I don't want you to be without reminder. And he said, this is the second epistle that I'm stirring up your pure minds. I'm not getting on your case. I'm telling you, I believe you're pure-minded. I believe you're genuine people of like precious faith. But I'm reminding you in this second epistle, like with the first, verse 2, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, what we would call today the Old Testament, but it was the only scriptures that they had, the scriptures that Jesus used when he was on the earth. There was no New Testament yet. He was beginning the New Testament. And so it says, uh, words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Now, let's just stop there. He's saying you have these two things. You have the Bible. Uh, he wouldn't have said it like that. You have the scriptures, what we would call the Old Testament. He said, and then you have the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord, talking about those who walked with Jesus and are now bringing the message. Well, Paul was an apostle of Jesus Christ, though he didn't walk with Jesus. He was not one of the original 12, and he wasn't even one of the followers of Jesus during the ministry of Jesus, but he got saved, you remember, after that, the ninth chapter of Acts. Well, he also is one of the apostles. So now these apostles, Peter, John, uh, James, the Lord's brother, uh, the apostle Paul, and others, were used by God to write the New Testament. So while Peter's writing this, he can't say the whole Bible, Old and New Testament, but he can say the scriptures, that's what we call the Old Testament. He said, but then all the commandments of the, the apostles of the Lord, that right now they're given in letters and orally, but eventually he may not have been able to say this. He may not have known it back then. I, I doubt he would have, but they're going to be captured in one full Bible, Old and New Testament. So he said, uh, pay attention to the scriptures. He said, I'm reminding you to stay in the Word of God, the Old Testament, and to continue learning from the commandments of the apostles of our Lord and Savior. And he goes on to say, uh, verse 3, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days. Scoffers will come in the last days. Folks, I don't know how close we are. But I believe we're in the last days, and we certainly see a lot of scoffers. There's an increase of atheism and angry atheism. I mean, scoffing atheism. And so it says that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? In other words, sarcastically, well, where is it? Where, when is Jesus coming? Well, where is he then? You've been saying this for 2,000 years that he's coming back. Well, where is he? Okay, for since the fathers uh, fell asleep, all things continue as they were. In fact, this is part of what they're saying. It says, 
that these scoffers are going to be saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, talking about uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and such, since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. These are people that are not even recognizing that Jesus has come, that the Messiah has come. They're saying, nothing's changed. In other words, these are unbelieving Jewish people who did not recognize the Messiah Jesus at all. And they're saying, nothing's happening. The Messiah still has not come. When is he going to come? They're scoffing. They're scoffing at the scriptures, the prophecies, the promises and such. Verse 5, for this, watch this, for this they willingly forget that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water by which the world that then existed perished being flooded with water. This is very interesting but very important. He says in verse 5, for this they willingly forget, willingly forget. They didn't forget because it wasn't called to mind. They they decided, they deliberately forgot. In other words, they put it out of their minds. They willingly forget. Watch this. For this, they willingly forget two things. Number one, that by the word of God, the heavens were created. Okay. But number two, that the world that existed before perished with the flood. So here are people today that deny the flood that deny the flood, even some Jewish believers, excuse me, not believers, even some Jewish people, but among other people in the world that deny that, number one, that God created the heavens and the earth, and number two, they deny that God destroyed the earth with a flood, that the world we see today, the earth we see today does not look like the earth that was before the flood. It does not. In fact, let me just give you a little point that I learned just the other day watching a video about the days of Noah and the flood. But do you know all these coal deposits that we dig up in uh, North America and in other parts of the world, as well as all these oil deposits that, you know, we we pump out all this crude oil and such? Well, listen to this. The amount of uh, animal and plant life that was required to be able to make deposits that big in the ancient world, it was it was something that is so unlike. Think about Saudi Arabia and how much oil is pumped out of the ground. It's desert. Where did that oil come from? It didn't used to be desert. Before the flood, it was lush. It was an oasis. It was green. There was so much green and lush, uh, what we would call tropical I mean, just green everywhere. The earth was so beautiful and lush. That's the way God made it. But when the flood happened, it destroyed the earth the way it was before. The way we see it was not the way it looked before. It was a lush garden, so to speak, the whole thing. But this says that these people willingly forget that God created the earth. They willingly forget that the flood came and destroyed everything. And that's why they go into this, you know, billions and billions of years, all of this evolved over time and such. And notice this, verse six, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water, verse seven, but the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of godly men. God's not going to destroy the earth with a flood of water anymore, but he is going to come and destroy the earth with fire. 
Now watch this, verse 8. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. He said, you have to realize, it may seem like forever. It's taking forever for these things to come to pass. He said, but you got to realize who made these promises. To God, a day is like a thousand years to us. And for us, a thousand years is like a, a day to God. I mean, God is eternal. He's outside of time. He created time for us. So we have to understand who said this. It says, a day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Verse 9, the Lord is not slack. I, I quote this verse all the time. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. This is so powerful. Our Father God is not willing that any one human being on the whole face of the earth should perish and go to hell. Not one. He, that's not his will. It is his will that every single human being come to faith in Jesus, receive the grace and forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ, and become born again in a part of the family of God. That is the will of God for everybody. And don't you let anybody tell you otherwise. It says right here, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But notice it's, it says, these people say, when is Jesus going to come? Or when, when is the Messiah coming? Come on. It's been the same way since the fathers died. And he said, no, they willingly forget that God created the earth, that the flood came and such. But it's this next time it's going to be destroyed by fire. And he said, brethren, don't you listen to them and forget that you're dealing with a big God who not only is a day is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day, but God is delaying, not willing that any should perish. In other words, he's giving people more chance, more time to repent. And the more time that goes on, the more people repent. The more people are going to be part of his family. The more people are going to go into eternity and live. So notice verse 10, but the day of the Lord, now the day of the Lord, this is talking about uh, the day when Jesus comes back. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. In other words, it's going to sneak up on the world. Will come as a thief in the night, which the heavens will pass away with a, with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Well, I tell you, that's hot fire. The elements will, will melt, like the elements of mountains and such, melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? He said, since this kind of a judgment is coming and this kind of a burning heat and destruction is coming to this earth, a judgment against all unbelievers in the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, since that's true, what manner of person ought you to be? How should you be living your life? What should you be condoning and not condoning in your life? Verse 12, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Verse 13, nevertheless, we, according to the promise, look for the new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Verse 14, therefore, by the way, did you notice that we're going to have a new heaven and we're going to have a new earth? 
And uh, that's that's true in several other passages. That's verified. This is not the only place that it says this. Verse 14, therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. Once again, let me just tell you, these New Testament authors confront sin and they do not condone sin. That's because God does not condone sin. So, yes, we're saved by grace. No, we're not saved by works. That's absolutely true. But having been saved by grace, oh, we need to accept this grace and begin to walk in obedience according to the grace of God and not condone sin in our lives. So he goes on to say, uh, therefore, verse uh, 14, therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found in him in peace without spot and blameless and Consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. God waiting and delaying the coming of Jesus is salvation. That's bringing salvation to many people. As also our beloved Paul, and I love this part, as also our beloved Paul, according to the wisdom given to him. So here is Peter, by the Holy Spirit, acknowledging that God has given wisdom to our beloved brother Paul. Don't you love that? Now, Paul's the one that said in Galatians, I withstood Peter to his face and confronted him because he was to be blamed for this false doctrine that came in. But Peter here is acknowledging and commending the apostle Paul and letting us know by inspiration of the Holy Spirit that God had revealed so many points of wisdom to Paul. Now watch this. It says, and consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you. So this is the letters of Paul, right? Which we know many of them have become scripture. You know, we're talking about Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, and so on. He said, has written to you, verse 16, as also in all his epistles, so he's acknowledging here, the Holy Spirit through Peter is acknowledging that Paul has written a lot of letters, as also in all his epistles, listen, speaking in them of things in which are some things hard to understand. Now, here is the number one apostle of Jesus, the number one of the 12, and he's acknowledging that God has given Paul wisdom, and Paul has conveyed this wisdom through these various letters. And Paul is, uh, Peter is admitting, man, some of the things that Paul writes about are hard to understand. Why is that? Because you have to understand, Peter was a fisherman. And he was changed by the Lord Jesus Christ, and he became a powerful apostle. But Paul was a Pharisee. What does that mean? Paul spent his life studying the Old Testament scriptures. He knew the scriptures. And he, he the Bible says, Paul said, I excelled uh, above and beyond my contemporaries. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. So what does that mean? He really, really knew those scriptures. So when the Lord opened his eyes to the scriptures, what we'd call the Old Testament now, but it's the only Bible they had, when God opened his eyes and he saw Jesus, oh man, the Lord flooded him with revelation of who Jesus was. And he could teach like nobody's business, but he got so deep that even Peter's saying, man, some of the things that Paul talks about, it's hard to understand. But watch this. It said, some of these things in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people 
twist to their own destruction. He's saying there's some of these untaught and unstable people that take Paul's writings and try to twist them to their own destruction. But watch this. As they do also the rest of scriptures. Oh, what did he just say? He just acknowledged that these epistles from Paul are scripture. Let me read it again. Oh, don't miss this. This is powerful. He said, verse 16, as also in all his epistles. Well, let me go back here to the middle of verse 15. As also our our beloved Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. The rest of the scriptures. The Holy Spirit is saying through the Apostle Peter right now that Paul, when he was writing these letters, at least some of the letters, was writing actual scripture. Scripture on the same par as Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, uh, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And on the same level as the Proverbs of Solomon and the Psalms of David and the prophets of Isaiah, Jeremiah and such, he's saying, the Holy Spirit's saying through Peter, Paul is writing inspired text of Scripture. Well, thank God that at least the ones that God wanted to be captured in the Bible have been captured. And so we're reading the epistles today and, of course, translated form, we're reading what Peter was talking about back then. And uh, and certainly there were more epistles that Peter read that we would not have read. Maybe there are some that we're reading that uh, Peter did not read. We don't know. But what we do know is the Holy Spirit wanted to put this in here, that these writings of Paul, at least many of these epistles, were actually inspired scripture. He was writing so precise, being moved by the Holy Spirit, that he was actually writing inspired scripture. Here's, here's what else is interesting. While Peter is writing this, he is writing inspired scripture about Paul, who is writing inspired scripture. This is so powerful. Uh, 99.9% of what people were writing back then, you know, from various ministers and apostles and whoever was not scripture. They're just a very few, excuse me, minority of letters turned out to be inspired scripture and captured in the Bible. Thank God, God, sovereignly, providentially, he uh, protected these scriptures so that they could be for our benefit today. Anyway, I love this. Verse 17, you therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, since you know that we have these scriptures, since you know that these things have happened, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. He could say it like this. In fact, let me just uh, restate what he said. He said, now that you know that we have these scriptures, both the Old Testament and the commandments that we've been given orally. Of course, we weren't there when they were giving them orally. But these letters that are being written by the apostles of the Lord, 
and he's speaking to us, these letters from Paul and Peter and John and James that you have in the scriptures today, he said, don't let yourself be like these people who willingly forget that God created the earth, who willingly forget that a flood destroyed the world as it was known and we're left with this world in the way that it, it looks now. He said, they willingly forget, don't you let yourself spiral down and uh, and succumb to that kind of a natural, logical rationale that is willingly ignorant of the truth that we have a creator God who created this whole thing. And this earth was absolutely gorgeous until sin got so bad and God judged it and destroyed this earth with a flood, damaged it tremendously because of sin and now we're left with what we're left with. He said they willingly forget how powerful God is. He's the creator. He's the judge of the earth. And he said, but don't worry. There's another judgment coming, this time not by water, but by fire. He said, you've got these scriptures where God has conveyed these truths to you and helped you to understand through uh, the, uh, the Old Testament scriptures, Peter, Paul, and all this. He said, therefore, press into the knowledge and don't let that happen to you because you know the truth. Praise God. Oh, this is why I tell you that reading God's word will change your life because you read these things and now you're getting God speaking to you and explaining all these things to you. How could we go backwards? Only one way. If we allow ourselves to get away from the Bible and we don't have the influence of God's word anymore. We only have the influence of the world. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I'm in the word. I'm glad I'm hearing God's word because it changes me on the inside, and I believe it's changing you too. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.